is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. It's Monday. It's Monday, which is our new day. It is. Like, that's right. Really good to come back after a, a holiday weekend in the U.S. And instead mm-hmm. of Thursdays, we are going to try to do the Youth Worker Recharge on Monday afternoons. Because if you're like me, when I was at the yes. local church, my Sunday was crushing, right? There was all the Sunday morning stuff. There was afternoon right. meetings. There was evening youth group, maybe even youth choir in there somewhere. Um, although I have no musical talent, so that was always outsource to someone else and I would go say hi, but Monday would be like my day off to kind of recharge and and get my life back together. So um, if your scheduling youth ministry is like mine, then hopefully this is a good time to do this thing. Um, Jeremy, I don't know. Did, what, what was your day off? You know, when you were doing like full on youth ministry, um, what was the day off that you chose? I was always on Friday. Friday. I was oh, always okay. I was always a Friday off person just because which you know Friday off meant that I could have when it worked I could have two consecutive days off. Mm-hmm. Um but because youth ministry it was often that my I was not able to do that and I'd have to flip Friday to Monday. So yes is my answer. Yeah, that's a fair answer because we all know there are no real days off, you know, like if you are building a healthy and vibrant youth ministry, you know, being able to be available through the church's social media accounts and uh, getting random texts and emails from parents and youth, like that's just, that's part of the game. And so uh, planning days off is important when you can um, and putting time aside to recharge with us, I think is also really good. Um, The reason that it's really good to be able to recharge is hopefully we uh, provide you new resources or concepts that you can apply directly to the youth ministry that you are leading at your local church. And uh, I mean, this will be no surprise to folks who have been leading youth ministries for a little while. However, uh, youth have a whole lot of different learning styles, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there are uh, a whole bunch of different approaches and, and public education is really kind of latched on to the idea of individualized education plans or learning plans, IEPs mm-hmm. or ILPs. Um, and, you know, part of the approach that I think youth ministry can benefit from for thinking about how to be intentional about um, creating space and learning plans for the youth and the students that are in your ministry is not to, you know, always just focus on like, the heart or the way that uh, religious experiences might make us feel, uh, but also lean into the other experiences and encourage folks to use their brains a little bit, right? We are uh, in youth ministry. We're not in zombie ministry. So, um, right. Absolutely. And, and I think the other thing that's really, I guess what, what, where we're heading is this idea that, um, uh, that, we are trying to help students form beliefs and like understand who God is, experience God, those kind of things. Um, and, and it's been really interesting uh, because there's been a lot of research done on, on how that happens and how, like what, what things have been effective in the past, what things have not. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one of the things that, 
there's this sort of notional the story that multiple people tell about i or actually i remember the the catchy way of saying this was a guy named doug fields um I've never said heard this of him in to me one time nobody no yes he's an uncommon name in youth, youth ministry but uh you know he said that he wants them to when they graduate from youth group not to graduate from their faith right mm -hmm. he's really good at coming up with catchy ways to say stuff like that and which is true because we've seen a lot of people do that. And part of that is because, um, or I should say, there's research to show that that some of the ways that we've gone about educating uh, teenagers uh, doesn't actually help them form beliefs, like really form them. What it helps them do is learn our beliefs. And that's different, right? Because... Um, uh, I can, because of social pressure um, in a youth group, uh, and because I think my youth pastor is the best thing ever, um, learn the right responses, right? The ones that the youth pastor or the church or whoever it is are expecting me to say, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, when I was growing up, it was like uh, the answer was peer pressure, right? Like, that was it or Jesus, well, and, but usually peer, peer pressure. Well, sure. And to your point, right? Like um, long running joke. If you open, like ask one of those open-ended questions, um, you know, okay. Is the correct answer Jesus or the Bible? It's one of those two. Right. Cause that's really exactly. where you're taking me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and let and me, let me add one thing before we, yeah. before we kind of get further into the topic, one of the other pieces that I think is a challenge for that, when, because you brought up the, the Doug Fields quote about uh, graduating from youth group, but not graduating from faith, um, you know, is that we, we're running youth ministries and student ministries generally in a culture where graduation out is the expectation. And so mm -hmm. it's really hard to think about doing things in a different way because mm -hmm. the academic school system is set up to equip you with a certain amount of knowledge, and then you're expected right. to pass a test, graduate out, and move on and do something else. Right. And the invitation in you know a lifetime of faith or in discipleship is almost like the inverse of that, right? Where right. it's like the more that you do learn and the more that you do experience, uh, you actually want to create a space where you're inviting deeper participation. You're graduating into being able to know more and do more and feel more and understand a little bit more about God, as opposed to the academic model where it's like, no, we just need to get you all this information and then send you out the door. Um, we right. want to invite you deeper in. Right. Which is why I think there's a lot of help. A lot of good can come from learning teaching methods and, and studying sort of like what happens in the academic setting. Um, as long as we keep in mind that our goal is, our goals are very different, right? Uh, Great way to the say it. The goal in science is to learn the content. So, you know, the, the correct way to use the scientific method or the, the correct way to combine uh, nitrogen and water, right? Um, or, or whatever it is. Um, sodium in water, don't do that. So <laughs> that's the, the, the idea, right? Our thing is very different, right? It's personal formation is what's happening. And that's, uh, that's different than learning a subject matter and being able to kind of regurgitate it or, you know, synthesize it in a way. Um, 
so I think part of that kind of boils down to this idea of agency where mm-hmm. students are, um, are expected to be able to, or to be allowed to um, think their own thoughts um, and not have to, um, not, not, not be expected to own those thoughts for the rest of their lives. Right. Yeah. Uh, but to have a, a place, uh, an environment that hopefully, yes, is introducing them to new in- information, but that the goal, once we introduce students to new information is not for them to be able to uh, give that information right back to us. It, it, right. right. The, the goal is not to take information in, spit it back out at what they understand to be the right time so that right. they're giving quote unquote, the right answer. Um, because they haven't really necessarily thought about it or owned it, like you said. Um, right. one, one of the ways that I like to talk about the concept that we're going to get into um, actually lends itself pretty well to some of the social media apps that I find really annoying um, that use filters all the time. Um, right. That when you take a picture and you decide to slap a filter on it uh, or run a filter while you're taking the picture, um, mm-hmm. it's not a true version of you, right? Like it is this yeah. overlaid and modified thing uh, that you've decided to take a picture and kick back out because you think it's, um, you know, on trend or on point and, and it's just the thing that you should be doing and everybody else is doing it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so we're talking about a way of creating an environment in a youth ministry that encourages really like some deeper authentic thought um, and the ability to to wrestle with ideas, wrestle with questions, and not necessarily to focus on having a right answer, but almost like having a right process or a right system mm-hmm. that creates a culture where um, youth and volunteers and parents like are all encouraged to explore together um, and really be able to take ownership of the ideas that they um, understand and that they latch onto. Yeah. Yeah, I remember talking to a uh, a youth worker that, um, and and he was sort of walking me through this discipleship process that that he had. He had developed. He had taken a, a long time to develop it, but it was concepts that students needed to understand, not and um, and Bible verses that they needed to have memorized, mm. and um, students would go through these courses that he had set up and they would take tests at the end in order to pass the course to make Hmm. sure that they had learned all of the ideas. Um, But, but when we started to talk, it it was, it was really like multiple choice. Like here's the Bible verse reference. Here's the Bible verse content, which one is correct. Um, It was, uh, you know, what are the, three forms of grace, right? Or what are, you know, those kind of things where um, all of a sudden it really was just about um, content uh, retention. And, and it, it was nice because it helped him measure things and they could, parents felt really good when their kids had, like, that was, it was a, each, Thing that you completed came with its own reward. One of them was a trip to New York. One of them was a trip to somewhere else. What? And 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was interesting, but Will it was. You call this person up because I know the answers to several of those questions, and I would love a free trip to New York. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you couldn't cold witness to people on the Staten Island ferry on that trip. Oh, okay. Um, that's one way to do right. it too. Yeah. That's also right. So the the idea though is was really interesting because it was just a completely different. I was like. I can imagine parents and a church feeling really good about how many kids had gone through and passed all of these tests. And then I could see the very first person showing up, um, uh, showing up to their religion class in college and finding out that there was another story that was basically identical to the flood story in the Bible um, from that same part of the world and everything coming crashing down in an instant, mm-hmm. right? Because they hadn't really thought about, well, what does it mean to be in a world with different religions, right? Yeah, so here's, I think this. Now, when I when I encounter the sort of Islamic person over, you know, that I see at school, how, how does my faith now interact with that? Like, what is, what is this thing that I believe about God? What does that imply about other religions or... Mm-hmm archaeology or science or any of that stuff um and and the the answer is like it's really hard to to do the other right it's really hard to give students agencies it's really easy to get them to pair it back at you right yeah yeah and and again i i feel like because that models some of the academic approach to things right now right like right um yeah state standards for education or teaching to a test or, you know, I mean, th- yep. those are very familiar words to anybody who has children in school yeah. uh, and people who work with, with youth. So, you know, to, to kind of escape that, um, how do we build a space where that agency is invited and encouraged and can grow, right? Like I'll, I'll go ahead and toss out one answer that, that I feel like go, is really go, important yeah. for me. Um, and honestly, that is encouragement. Uh, like once you've, um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> once you've kind of opened the gate, um, if somebody has a thought or a question, that's not like the right answer that you are going for, right. The leader has to be able to encourage a process of talking through that and figuring out what filters are in place where like, mm-hmm this is the information, this is the understanding. What are the filters that it all went through to, right. to create this understanding in that young person? Um, and often yeah. in, the, in the process of talking through why I think what I think, and if we're going to use big words, um, that would be called metacognition. Um, thinking about the way that we think. Um, yes. You know, you, you can open that door with students and it's really interesting because often they are not asked to you know, why, why do you think that? Or, or why do you think that way? Um, right. And just to look at the process of how that information came to be the opinion or the thought that they've expressed. Once they express it, like, do not stamp it out. Don't squish it. Don't crush no. it. Don't, you know, immediately step on it and say, no, you really missed it. That um, You have right. to be able to encourage the process a little bit, because again, it's about process. It's not about spitting information back out. Yeah. And that's important. It, it, the only thing you can say, like, mm, no, it's like when they say, uh, when you ask them some basic question that actually has a fact, like 
did the Bible say, did this passage, did Paul go up the stairs or down the stairs? <laughs> right? That's literally the only time the rest, you have to, you have to let them, let them process it. Was and like, Paul such a boring preacher that somebody fell out a window and died? Most likely. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a, anyway. <laughs> Or they were drunk, but most likely bored. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but the thing is, is it, in, in what the reason that you can't stop that right there is that when you say that short circuits, the thinking, right. they stop thinking. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to get them from what may be erroneous or at the very least, you know, kind of a little bit off of what would be considered sort of an orthodox idea. The goal is to help them process it back in a, in a, in a different direction, right? I always think about it like, uh, so you're just trying to get them to bowl all the way down to the pens at the end, right? <laughs> and, um, and, but you can't put the bumpers in. Otherwise, when the bumpers come out, right? When the bumpers, when there's nobody there to be like, eh, then they're just going to hit the gutter, mm -hmm. right? Because you actually haven't taught them how to get it all the way down to the pins. Um, but you can sort of nudge their arm on the side or, you know, help them out in that kind of way. And so I think that's, that's really it, what you were saying about encouraging and just if they say something crazy and off the wall, be like, okay, well, where did that come from? How, why did you think that? Like, let's, let's track that idea. Or to be honest, Chris, half the time, I just let it go. Sure. Right. They say something kind of crazy and off the wall. And depending on what it is, I might just let it be out there and we'll continue walking down this sort of this other path because they've just, spouted out something random that came into their head. And if you ask them what made them think that they're like, I don't know, just thought it. Right. Well, and, and to go uh, into some of our like previous conversations about brain science and those things, right? Like mm -hmm. um, in the adolescent brain, new connections are getting made all the time. So, the time. you know, you've got to be ready for those off the wall answers anyway. Um, right. <clears throat> you do need to know a general direction that you want to, you know, pull people towards. And so I really like your image of, of bowling pins in a bowling alley, because there is kind of an objective that you're trying to get to. And there's some things that you can do intentionally. Um, right. There's also a ton of different ways to get a strike or to knock down all those different mm -hmm. pins. There's not just the one way um, right. of bowling, right? You, you can spin, you can go fast, you can go slow, different weights, all the different things. So when you're teaching mm -hmm. and when you're inviting people into this uh, process of creating a space, um, there's not just one answer for it. And, and I think yeah. some of the resources that we came out with in the past, I mean, we could use any of them as examples, right. but, um, uh, I'll on the Facebook live, I'll put the link to, um, one of the courageous conversations for youth that mm. we created. Uh, the one that I'll put up there is related to gun violence, but we do have a series of maybe five or six different uh, courageous conversations. And they're much more mm -hmm. about, you know, creating the space to be able to express and feel and think together uh, as opposed to like a script saying, okay, youth leader, this is what you need to say because this is what your right. needs to hear. Yeah. And I think, so I think first what you said is, is a hundred percent. I think though, even one step back, 
having a culture of agency is really helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, and I think, and it's, it's all similar. So uh, I've, I've been in circles where they say that youth should be in charge of everything in the youth group. It's, it's not a great idea, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't have fully functioning brains, right? Do they need to have access and agency in all of what the youth ministry is doing? 100%. But they they have a limited life experience, right? If all that they've ever done is go to some student life camp or big stuff or whatever, that's all they're going to know to say, right? And you, you'll need some people to help help them imagine things bigger. But But having a sense of like, in this youth ministry, teenagers get to act, right? And have control and guide things and have meaningful input, right? They're not just being served by the adults. Yep. Um, they are They are serving together. Um, I think that's huge because, um, because I've stepped into youth ministry positions where previous to me, it's not been in that model mm-hmm. and it takes a minute. But you've got it's got to happen kind of everywhere. Like students have to be given agency in all different places so that when you open the floor and say, you know, here's, uh, here's what the Methodist Church uh, thinks about um, gun violence. Uh, here's some things that the Bible says about violence. What do you think? Right? Mm-hmm. In, in order for that, that approach to be uh, successful and helpful, it's really got to happen sort of all around them. Um, and then, uh, and then the other pieces, like the, the other thing is like the opposite is so much easier that you have to sort of constantly be um, pushing against it. Right. There is a, <laughs> there's a phrase that this is making me think of um and it's through uh an author who's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but um talking about a lot of faith experiences um this author says that you know too often people will say that they live their lives biblically uh or say that they believe in the bible but they say it in the same way that a kid who's eating a hot dog has no idea what's in the hot dog but they eat it right. anyway. <laughs> um, you sort of end up eating the Bible by faith. And then when you really spend some time dipping in there, gosh, is there a lot in there that needs to be pulled apart and begs to be discussed, right? Because Absolutely. it's so much more than Jonah getting eaten by the fish. It's so much more yeah. than, you know, the handful of really famous stories that we seem to go over and over and over again in different curriculum pieces. Um, right. And, and those places, I what I love, I love to find a story like that that's taken seriously at some point in youth curriculum, right? Where you see Jonah and the fish, and then the question is like, why on earth would God do that to somebody? <laughs> like, it seems a cruel way <laughs> to try to change somebody's mind, right? Yeah. And so like, okay, now let's talk. Because <laughs> yeah. those are the kind of questions that like it's honest, it's being honest and it's it's forming. We're not avoiding the hard questions. Mm-hmm. We might even not have answers to them. Uh, but yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. But but when you 100%. wrestle with the thing together, um, you've got a better understanding of what's in the hot dog, right? I mean, the 
the the idea of Jacob becoming Israel, um, yeah. because there is this willingness to wrestle with God, um, and to be changed because of the experience. I, it might be mm-hmm. a way to use some biblical language or a biblical example of what it means to have agency um, in your own faith development or or in the faith development of your students. You you want to be able to create a space where youth can wrestle with God, mm-hmm. wrestle with their beliefs. Yep. And come out changed for the better because of it. Yeah. And that's the kind of faith formation. That's the kind of uh, uh, that's the kind of youth ministry that actually has the lasting mm-hmm, um, right. positive impact, right? Yeah. The kind of impact that I think the the guy I know that had the really, really intense um, discipleship method with all the tests and stuff, like his goal was to like really ensure they knew this stuff so that when they went off that they would, it would be, it would have stuck with them. Um, the way you do that is just different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, uh, but that's the way you do it. Right. That's the way you like see a kid, you know, 10 years later and, and they say, Oh man, I got, this is like that youth group. It it was everything for me when I was in college. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fun uh, kind of wrestling through this topic. I, I hope that those of you who watch live on Facebook um, you know, take the time to check out the Courageous Conversation series that we have for yes. you. Uh, Discipleship so Ministries good. also uh, published a series of those for adults um, so that there can be adult conversations kind of modeled. Adults need same. to think too. Uh, some, some of them do. Some some <laughs> of us do. I guess I'm an adult. I better own that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. It's, it's yeah. time. It's time. I, I'm no longer in the young adult group and I, I'm okay with that. That's all right. Um, <laughs> Well, I really enjoy always catching up with you, Jeremy. I know that uh, Mondays is going to be our regular time. Um, That's right. For, for my time, uh, I'm on mountain, so it would be one o'clock in the afternoon, usually for me. Um, yep. Two o'clock central. That'd be two o'clock central. Uh, three three eastern. If you're on the east. And lunch break time if you're on the west coast. Uh, That's right. So we'll kind of get used to this new groove of doing this on Mondays and can't wait to see what the next recharge brings us. Um, all you youth leaders out there, prayers in your preparations for the week uh, and really hope that you're enjoying kind of fall kickoff season and um, your fall calendars getting back into the swing of things. Jeremy, see you next week. See ya. 